What up, what up? Jimmy Murray here with Frank Petalano, and we are the Cashflow King. So we're trying something a bit new today. We're recording live on Zoom straight ahead, and then to my left, we're recording on Instagram. We figured this would be a hot topic for a lot of folks, talking about the current coronavirus, its impact on the economy, where we stand as real estate investors and investors in general. So Frank, what, what are your thoughts? Um, I'm seeing like crazy times. Uh, I don't know. It's like a meme sometimes where you see like this little character like sitting in hell and everything's like burning around them and they're, they're just like, like this, just looking at it, you know? Uh, honestly, the world's on fire. It legitimately. And I know that's kind of like a morbid approach, but people are losing their minds. Well, this is what they call a black swan event. I mean, this has never happened. Anything like this, uh, especially in this world of social media today where everything is like so instantaneous with knowledge. I mean, me going back, I mean, I have 17 years as a history teacher and going back with a historical perspective. I mean, we're not talking black plague here as far as I know yet, but just the whole concept that back then you didn't know anybody from a different village. Okay. You didn't know anybody from a different country, but in today's world, I mean, I have contacts around the world. You know, we got our buddy Pedro. He was flying high. He went to 18 countries in the last two months. He, he wanted to meet up. It's like, buddy, stay away from me for 14 <laughs> days and then and we'll then, talk about it. No, you're right. I mean, like I was on the phone with an investor from China this morning. So it, it, it's amazing the reach that we have, but that also kind of spreads the hysteria. But what that creates for investors like us, candidly, is a buying opportunity. And I know that people tell me that I'm forever optimistic, but there's still deals out there and cash flow cures all. Absolutely. So, I mean, we've, I've talked about a lot on podcasts, different podcasts the past week or so, just the whole concept of real estate still being the best investment in my eyes, no matter how many people tell me that people won't be able to pay their rent or uh, you can't do an eviction, anything else. I mean, where else are you going to put your money? I mean, you could put your money in gold, but that's just going to sit somewhere. It's not like you can really gain cash flow from that. Right. Uh, Bitcoin, I was shocked. I mean, that savior of the world of Bitcoin, that went down when the market went down. And everybody freaked out. It, it hit somewhere in the 4,000s. Uh, Damn. You know? Yeah, I know. It was pretty crazy. And then uh, the stock market, uh, obviously, any stock can go down. Uh, I actually bought in a few thousand dollars worth in the past couple of days. And can the market go down some more? Absolutely. But I have some cash flow from other places that I don't have to worry about it. Uh, I'm just thinking about all so, the different asset classes. You know? So what do you think this means for real estate investors? I mean, that's the premise of our podcast. We're, we have that entrepreneurial tilt, but we're very much real estate investors. What, what, would be, what would your advice be to the average real estate investor today? Great question. Uh, number one, the times have changed. But at the same point, when the times have changed, it's still in, the, in around the same boat where you and I have always been. The problem is that for most new investors, they have not looked at risk at all. I mean, think about it. We have people that we know that are putting in offers with 100% uh, occupancy and almost <laughs> no rehab costs and, oh, they're going to self-manage. So let me else. so let me stop you there because this this is a good thing. This is um, I read something today about when the when the world loses its humor, that's when we're really in trouble. So I want to bring kind of a humorous approach. Um, my dad always joked when I was a kid that there's well, not even when I was a kid, when I was adult, because this is an adult joke, and I won't be able to tell the whole thing. But there's the 
three big lies that you always hear in your life. One is it's in the mail. The second one is I love you. And the third one I can't say. But the three <laughs> biggest lies that a real estate investor tells folks is that there's never any vacancy. The owner does their own repairs and you don't need a property manager. And honestly, that's BS. You need to be pricing your deals that you include vacancy, that you include maintenance and repairs so that you can maintain your good tenants and that you include a property manager because at the end of the day, your goal should be to become a passive investor. It shouldn't be to self-manage your properties. Definitely. And by the way, we have been having some questions on Instagram. Uh, King Diesel, uh, I'm not sure what you said. My scores are set. If you could re-ask the question, um, stuff like that. We will try to get more to questions in a little bit. But yeah, just the whole concept, like you're saying, uh, I made an offer on a five unit this week. Was the offer low? Absolutely. But the offer is also figured in real vacancies, you know, real non-payment of rent for the next couple months. And, uh, you know, real repairs, you know, it needs a new roof. The, the owners know it. It needs a new, uh, porches. Uh, it needs, uh, the back garage needs to be fixed because uh, there's a big hole in the back of it. It's like, so, guys. so here's exactly what you're saying, right? So you guys that are listening in, we're not changing our strategy at all. We're still buying cash flow, and, and we're adjusting for the stage of the market that we're at. Maybe you include an increased CapEx, uh, expense or capital expenditure like Frank's talking about or increase your vacancy rate. There are still ways to price this, mar price this market. There are still assets to purchase because guess what? Folks are going to get incredibly nervous. And just like Warren Buffett says, when others are greedy, be fearful. And when people are fearful, be greedy. And that's, that's right where we're going to wind up, right? So maybe you're not ready to buy. Maybe you're still trying to get into that cash, cash position, but set yourself up for success. Go back to the basics of how you learn to invest or how you want to invest. Don't, don't take that big risk right now. Stay on the safer side of things. So, yeah. So one thing we're doing right now, as you can see, we're uh, social distancing. Uh, Jimmy's still hanging out of his office over there with his Cashflow Kings couch. And, just uh, like Drake, just like Drake says, man, I live in my workplace. <laughs> Never see me out. Cause I live man. in my workplace. Right. Well, I, I see your Charlie in the background there. Charlie lion. But uh, where is he? Where? I'll, I'll show the Instagram folks. There you go. <laughs> There's Charles Lyon. So, yeah. So uh, let's see. I mean, right now, what do we have going on? We have one property that's impending to sell. It's a single family. Uh, we got above asking price just before fear factor hit. Um, we negotiated and gave them everything they wanted for the repairs because the price difference of $1,000 right now, when you're selling a property, it's like, I'll lose a thousand dollars. The minimus. Yeah. The minimus. To, to so, waste three months is, is going to cost me more than a thousand dollars. If that falls out of, and I got to resell. Right. You know? So, uh, I mean, candidly, I think that's, that's another huge learning point for younger investors or less seasoned investors. Don't be the investor that is penny wise and dollar dumb. Right. I mean, we sold that property for 14000 over listing price to give up $1,000 to get the deal done with a savvy realtor on the other side and well-qualified buyers. Don't shoot yourself in the foot. Give up the $1,000 because if that has to go back on the market with this current scare or threat that we're facing, it may cost you a lot more than $1,000. And a lot of less savvy investors get wrapped around the axle when it comes to that penny-wise stuff. Yeah, they get really caught. Um one of my mentors, I, I attribute this quote to him. I don't know if it came from him originally, but I got my mentor on one side and then I got a good friend of mine who 
is good at real estate, but he always waits too long. And the quote is, uh, I'd rather have the fast buck than the last buck. Yeah, I okay. totally believe in that. You've beat that into my head, but I'm with you 100%. Rather than squeezing every dollar out of every single deal. Keep moving. Keep moving. Time value of money. Keep keep that money churning. You know, that 24-7 hustle. Absolutely. Yep. Definitely. Yeah. So that's one deal we have going on. Then another deal, I have a hard money loan out there, and the guy has an offer that I um, – I said, please accept it. You know, I want to move on on this and I'm sure you do too. And uh, even if he uh, breaks even uh, in this market, he, he was way out there on what he thought it would sell for. And he's had to drop the price about 30,000 so far. You got to make it happen, right? You, you yeah. have to make it happen. Yeah. So you don't want to be sitting on things long-term if you don't have to right now in this market, because we don't know where it's going. Okay. I'm, I'm under the belief that this is a, a longer thing. Uh, I heard Trump live uh, two days ago, and I know everything changes by the hour. They asked him, when's this thing going to be fully done? And he said, I don't know, August? It's like, August? Oh, my God, you know? Well, that'll be nice. Maybe I can travel for my birthday at the end of August. (laughs) (laughs) No, seriously. I think, like, my advice to folks out there would be to become incredibly strategic with your financial life. From having that detailed budget that you follow on a weekly, monthly basis to how you're investing your dollars. I think right now is a great time, and I am not a financial advisor, and we should have some type of legal thing where I say, you know, this is my own advice and not my financial advice that I'm giving to you. But I think now's a great time to look at your 401k, to look at your brokerage account, and reallocate where your funds are. I mean, this morning I was thinking about, I have an IRA where I love to trade stocks, right? But I'm gonna go back in. I was heavy on Canadian marijuana stocks. I'll hold a couple, but I really want to go out and I want to buy an airlines company that, but I want to buy an airlines company that is buying fuel futures because it's so cheap, right? But those are probably some of the most distressed companies. And that's a bet that I'm willing to make as I look at their balance sheet and income statement, and then make sure that they're buying the fuel futures to hedge their bets in the future so they can be more profitable. But those are some of the strategic bets that I'm looking at outside of real estate. Within real estate, just like I said before, you can still buy cash flow. It's just increase your vacancy bet and increase your, your maintenance and CapEx and you can still make it happen. Well, in my eyes, it's much easier to buy for cash flow this week than it was last week or the week before. Oh, hell yeah. yeah. Hell yeah. You know, just because like you said, we, you get that fear factor and, and we haven't bought anything long-term hold in the past 18 months. Uh, I mean, we've wanted to, but just the numbers don't work. So we've been doing a lot of fix and flips, uh, slow and steady wins the race kind of things, you know, keeps, keeps some of those buy and holds. But, uh, even right now, so we're actually listing uh, probably one or two single families in the next month. No matter what's going on in the market, we're going to make money on those, okay? Because the benefit with real estate is it's always a slower approach, okay? Stocks stocks can drop. Who knew stocks are going to drop 30%, you know, in two weeks? Well, stocks. a couple a couple senators did. It came out earlier today, <laughs> right? Yeah, I heard about that. We're not, we're not talking about that. There Fair enough. We'll, yeah. <laughs> we'll, leave, we'll leave that out. Um, yeah. But uh, just think, the whole concept. I think the other big thing, like I know that Gary Vaynerchuk talks about this typically in the May timeframe when, when the summer is around the corner. And the summer is one of the best times to get out there and um, get ahead of everybody else. Because when folks are going to parties and cookouts and going to the beach, you could, if you're in the office, you can get levels ahead of them. And I think that this is the perfect time as people are quarantined and they're not working and they're not focused and they're out drinking or doing whatever in self-quarantine. 
if you're diligently focused on educating yourself and getting better, this is a time period where you can really level up on your peers to get your game to a different level. So when this market fully corrects, you can get out there and really hit the road running. So this is all about that habits and goals that we talk about all the time. If you think about it, uh, when people are self-quarantined and I know, I mean, I have three kids that are running around the house or right now they're playing outside with my wife and stuff like that. It's hard to get everything done that you want to get done in the day. But there are also people that are just going to binge watch every single day, sit on the couch, you know, uh, watch TV with a beer in their hand and everything else. You got to be out there. You got to start a small business. You got to be out there doing stuff each and every day. If you don't have any real estate, if you don't have any stocks, build something. Okay. Get out there and be hustling. And there are going to be people, you know, it's like that 90 10 rule. 90% of the people will not move forward in the next three months, but 10% of people will. And try to make sure you're part of that 10%. No, legitimately, right? There, there have got to be, and I haven't found it yet, but I've been thinking about it every day as I drive up and down 95 on my way to the office with nobody else on the road. There are so many entrepreneurial opportunities out there that you can monetize and capitalize on during this time period. Now, I'm not saying to take advantage of people, but this, <clears throat> this virus, this, this threat to our country and the world, this is going to lead to opportunities that may have not exposed themselves during normal circumstances. So keep your eyes peeled and, and see where to go. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I, I'm just thinking of like teachers and how much uh, teaching is going to change with this. Uh, I'm not trying to scare people, but I think Kansas has already canceled school for the rest of the year. Yeah, I think, and, I, I think education is really going to change our approach. Um, I know that uh, King Diesel just asked a question about um, investing afar and, and are there any good areas to invest in? And I know Frank's more on the syndication side and, and more into the long-term investing, but I don't know if you want to share some of the things that we learned at Best Ever from Neil Bawa in terms of how he finds those long-distance deals and what he's looking for. Yeah, so we don't know, um, King Diesel, we don't know where you're out of, but it doesn't matter anyway. Where would I be looking? I would still be looking in... Um, in markets that still have a chance for job growth. I mean, in markets that have high technology moving in, you still need technology. Even if they close every road for weeks, we still need technology, okay? That's what the future is. So if you can find places that have uh, high tech moving in, those are the best markets to be in. Uh, if you just wanna stay in your local market, trying to find neighborhoods that are still growing, uh, where opportunities are, where people are, are moving up. You know, there are plenty of deals out there, but you got to find them. And it's a little harder to find them right now. But I'll tell you right now, I was driving for dollars yesterday a little bit. So I took a couple pictures. One of the pictures I took, I posted on Instagram, uh, a vacant house. I saw the vacant uh, notice on the window. It's all fully winterized. And we're going to go after that a little bit, if you know what I mean. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. As Jimmy's playing in his office, talking on the phone, I'll go out there and make some deals happen. Hey, I'm trying to, I'm trying to clear a couple of these vacant units and get them filled before we go full quarantine here. Um, I know that I was talking to a tenant this morning. We're rehabbing the unit above him and he was, he was a little concerned. He said, what's going to happen um, if we go into martial law and, and, and how's your team going to respond? I said, Hey, listen, we'll still be accessible via phone. We can work from home. Um, but obviously the maintenance crews is going to be extremely emergency only um, unless it's absolutely necessary. Like there's a burst pipe or the building's on fire or whatever it may be. We're just going to have to go to that emergency only maintenance model and then prioritize standard maintenance. Once we get through that martial law period, is this a property that I'm invested in? No, okay. no, I'm only asking <laughs> because if it was, I already know that the, 
usually when we buy a property, we do a pretty good job of, you know, with maintenance and making sure that everything's uh, can handle a, a long-term approach. You know, right. there's some people that when they do a rehab, they're just using the cheapest materials going, but there's other you people, you know, put in, you, gotta, you put in some quality work. You don't have to worry about it. Absolutely. You know, absolutely. So let's see, what are the plans I've going on? So right now we're working on a, a 20 unit, uh, that were a new construction and, uh, I emailed the architects this morning and said, uh, you know, I haven't heard from them in a week and a half. It's like, hey, guys, we're still going to pay you. We still need to move forward. This is not going to be built. We're not even breaking ground for another 18 months. But we got to keep moving on this. Right. You know, that's what we're doing. We're making phone calls to make sure the things are moving. Uh, because so many people are, uh, you know, they, they see the clouds outside today and they're not going to get anything done. It's like, no, you got to keep moving forward and trying to figure out more ways to make money, et cetera. Yeah. I so that's the biggest thing. I actually dropped that on another podcast recording earlier. Continue to take action. Now it's not always going to be buying properties at this stage of the market if you're uncomfortable, but it can be continuously educating yourself or even networking virtually with other investors. I mean, we've got an Instagram live going right now, and and that could be a great way because a lot of people are going to be cooped up. And if you follow some of these broader influencers that have you know larger followings than we do they could be producing a ton of really good content to give you that free information that helps you get ahead in that next stage of the cycle. Absolutely. So uh, we both know an investor that's uh, stuck right now in Beijing, China, and he's a real estate investor. And uh, he's not doing any investing in China. He does a lot of investing in America, but he's, he's stuck there under the quarantine right now. Yep. And uh, he's out there uh, heavily networking each and every day where right. uh, he's pulling down what two or three podcasts a day plus making some uh, other LinkedIn posts and bigger pockets and everything else. Yeah. And candidly, I mean, this is going to be a big time this weekend for me to, to drive some content. I'm meeting with another local realtor, but content is king. So, and that works both ways. One, one for the influences to, to, you know, drive more followers and hopefully that impacts their business positively, but also to the folks that are listening in, you're going to be able to get a ton of that free content. And that's really important to help you level up. There you go. Absolutely. Um, let's see. What other deals do I have going on right now? So like I said, we're listing two single families uh, next next week or the week after, and I'm not worried at all. Uh, there is a heavy demand for housing still in uh, the Rhode Island market. And uh, people, I just talked to a realtor today that he listed uh, had a listing this week and he already has four, uh, four showings. And uh, he'll probably have three or four offers on the table because if you have someone that's motivated enough to get out there right now and look at property, they're going to be motivated enough to make an offer. And I think, so I think that's really important. And that's a point that I want to hit as well. Normally the real estate market and the stock market are very heavily correlated. Now the stock market is absolutely tanked selling off 30 plus percent, but the real estate market still has some really good carry to it based on a couple of different factors is one, there's literally no inventory. It's less than three months on the less of three months of inventory out on MLS. That's incredibly low based on the historical standard. The other part that is very low based on the historical standard is mortgage rates. Now there's been some volatility in mortgage rates because of the coronavirus stuff going on. But I mean, the Fed has dropped their interest rates to zero, which doesn't directly impact mortgage rates, but that helps continue to keep mortgage rates deflated and lower. So with those two factors, that's going to continue to pour fuel on the fire of this really hot real estate market. And I think that's going to give us a minimum of three to six more months of this run before we see a correction in the real estate market. 
Yeah, and uh, who knows? It depends on how short-term uh, you believe this will be. I mean, if this is less than six months, then obviously it's going to hit real estate, but it's not going to hit real estate as hard as if, if it was a one year. And no matter what, it's not going to hit real estate as quickly as it hits stocks. Stocks Correct. is an instantaneous kind of thing. Stocks is usually a future leading indicator. So when you have fear factor put in, that's why stocks have taken a dump. Okay. And we don't even know. That's the, the big question marks is the reason why. Right. Right. You know, everybody still needs a place to live, especially right now. I mean, uh, most businesses are shut. Uh, there's not a lot of places to go to. Uh, there's no places you can go out to eat. There's no place you can go to the movies. So what are people doing? They're at home. And uh, I'll tell you right now, if you have someone that's generating enough income, if they have a, a teenager in their house, well, if they have a 20 something in their house, they can't wait to get rid of, you know, there still might be a rental they're willing to pick up. I'll tell you that right now. Yeah. And I mean, one of the other things that we're recognizing in the property management business is related to some of the universities shutting down. Some of the students aren't able to fly home or don't have the funds and rather than investing or living in the dorms, which they're not allowed to, they're moving into apartment buildings and they're looking for those short-term rentals. So that may be another really good opportunity as well. Um, I know a, a real estate investor out of California, um, they have some folks that don't have the opportunity to fly home and they're actually aggressively pricing their Airbnb rentals uh, for self-quarantine sites. Um, that's, that's funny. So um, I didn't know about that because uh, I have a similar conversation with someone that does owns Airbnbs out in Kentucky. And uh, he was talking about how it's dead. He hasn't had, he has all these instant cancellations because it doesn't hurt anybody except right. him. Right. So uh, I told him, I said, well, why don't you switch your model? So this is all about being creative. Like uh, Rich Dad, Poor Dad says, you know, when people say I can't afford it, that's like shutting down your mind from thinking. Yep. Instead, you need to think with a question mark, how can I afford it? Absolutely. So where we are in this market, you need to keep thinking of creative ways to survive. Absolutely. Okay. You got to find so, that pivot point. Yeah. And they're, they're there for everybody. Okay. So there are people that are worried about their jobs as they should be. There are people who are worried about having money. The only good news is that most people are not splurging on entertainment right now. Right. Okay. I mean, some people might be going a little too heavy buying toilet paper or being on uh, shopping on Amazon or something like that. I think Amazon shut down. I don't know if you saw that. Oh, I didn't I see it, that. I think it's only critical supply. I don't, I think Prime oh. shut down. I had just heard crazy. that critical supplies, yeah, but is the main thing. But still, just the whole concept of shopping on all different online shopping sites. But they're not going out to bars and, and blowing $200 one night. Uh, there are a lot of people that are not out there gambling what they normally would down at Foxwoods Casino or all the casinos. There's not a lot of people that are out there traveling for and, uh, you know, th Disney's getting killed right now because yeah. – I don't know. What so does it cost? I mean, that's another good opportunity to buy, right? Disney could be a great stock to buy. Not that we're in the business of giving stock advice and please do your own research, but you have that staple brand. Like people are still going to go back to Disney World or Disneyland when it reopens. Like could be a great buying opportunity. Yeah. And I'm just thinking that uh, how people are saving money because they're not doing entertainment. They're not really thinking about it, but there are a lot of people that are going to plan seven and $10,000 vacations this year that they're not going on. Okay. A $7,000 vacation is big time. Is this a, t here's a question. Is this Ooh, a time like to be this. conservative or aggressive with your investments? Shout out, shout out to Michael for this one. Right, so good. what do you think? So I'm all about aggressive patience, right? So that's a little mix of aggressive and conservative. And Michael's probably going to DM me and, and call BS on this one. But <laughs> honestly, 
I, it's all about that aggressive patience of being conservative until you find the right deal and then being super aggressive to take that deal down. So, yeah, I don't know what the best way to put it is. For me on my investments, I am conservative in my offers and my numbers, but I am aggressively out there doing it more than I was two weeks ago. Absolutely. Okay. So I wouldn't call that being aggressive on my investments. I would call that being focused and tuned to what's going on. Okay. So I am being conservative on my numbers and I'm conservative on my offers, but I'm being more aggressive on being out there. Definitely. Um, and then as, as I'm thinking through this and, and thinking about that question about areas that you can be aggressive, it may be, it's probably a great time to go out to MLS, find those listings that have been out there for, you know, four or five months that might be mispriced and put in that lowball offer. What's the worst they can say? No. Hey, Jimmy, most of our investors are from Rhode Island. I don't want them competing with me here. <laughs> well, when you guys get the good deal and take it down, when you need to find it, give me a shout. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> so um, we, we hope that this kind of dispelled some myths and rumors that you guys heard. But I, I think that at what you're hearing is that we're still optimistic. There's still opportunities out there, and cash flow cures all. Oh, definitely. And I, I'm excited. I'm, I'm, I'm out there, like I said. Uh, I am still educating. I'm actually watching a uh, thing right now by uh, Neil Bawa, Jimmy. You'll appreciate that. It's about the uh, coronavirus right now. They recorded it live yesterday. Awesome. Just how the world is changing and how much learning. I, I See, I'm still educating. I'm also reading a book right now, The Cheapskate Next Door, just in case. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> Perfect for Frank as we were talking about how he's the most frugal person that I know. So. I have, hey, listen, I actually bought a router yesterday, so leave me alone. <laughs> <laughs> um so one last question before we jump here but uh we got a we got a question on instagram related to how to approach a seller about seller financing so my approach with seller financing is and it's kind of like a multi-step approach but i always bring three offers and it's going to be based on what they're looking for so you bring that quick cash offer and then your seller finance offer is middle of the road, and that can be a two-parter. And then the highest offer is like, hey, listen, if I were to refer this over to a realtor, this is what I think you could get on the market. But that middle part of the seller finance offer, if they own it outright, start, start to ask them what they're going to do with the funds when they close and say, hey, listen, I could offer you 5 to 10% more if you held the note. And by the way, that's going to help you out with capital gains, right? So rather than them getting that huge chunk up front and paying the capital gains on the property, they can defer some of that tax liability. So that would be the biggest selling point. The second point within pseudo seller financing, I consider subject to existing financing, similar to seller financing, right? So they may still have a note, but they sell the property to you, to you subject to existing financing. So you get the deed. And then you just pay their mortgage for them. So they still have to hold the mortgage, but that's another similar seller financing approach that could help you land that next deal. Yeah. And by the way, with seller financing, you have to realize, I mean, especially with interest rates dropping, some of these people, especially if they're older and they don't have a mortgage on it and they just want out of a rental, uh, where are they going to put the money? They're going to put their money in the bank. They're definitely not going to put their money in the stock market right now. Right. So if they're going to put their money in the bank, they're going to be getting less than 1%, no matter what. Okay. Right. Unless, because most of them are not, are, are not tech, technology enough to to have it in some kind of uh online bank they're just going to be going down to citizens or bank of america they're going to get one half of one percent ad fees they basically get nothing right but uh if you can if you can negotiate some kind of deal where it's like hey listen buddy i'll give you 10 or fifteen thousand dollars down and and i'll pay you six percent interest uh 
uh, every month, you know, there's a lot of opportunities there. Definitely. So we hope you guys like this podcast of the Cash Flow Kings. Hopefully we give you some great ideas of how to continue to make money and continue to further yourself in real estate investing. And if you liked it, give us a like on uh, give us a like or a follow on Instagram. Give us a shout out that you heard some great content. Share with somebody else because we want to share the love. We want to help people be successful in building uh, their real estate investing career. Cheers to your success. Thanks.